Hey, you're just starting the Trek Off podcast now, so it's a good time for you to subscribe to a new podcast, too. The Totally Super Podcast is me and my good friend Arthur reviewing every single superhero movie ever made. That's right. It's called Totally Super. It's put out by Geeks Radio. It's like Trek Off, but for superhero movies. Maybe not quite so dirty, but it's still fun. So check out Totally Super. Search for it right now. Whatever you're listening on right now, whatever you found Trek Off on, just use that to find Totally Super and subscribe. Okay, enjoy Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin, and this is part two of our huge discussion that we started having a couple weeks ago uh, about uh, just a ton of news and geek stuff and amazing stuff happening. And we're going to talk about just a cornucopia of fun geek stuff this time, starting with the conversation about uh, what's coming up next in the world of Star Trek. But if you really want to kind of get the whole of the conversation, it would probably be worth your while to listen to the last episode of Trek Off. Just go to one before and you hear the beginning. You don't have to to get it because you're going to enjoy this too this is a ton of fun so enjoy trek off what if we take star trek even a little darker than discovery because there is also a report another star trek series is on the cusp of happening which is going to be michelle yo as the empress as empress shinzo is that her name shinzo no jojo empress jojo um as uh in in talks as the lead for a star trek section 31 series now that the I think is early a great days idea. Of Section thirty-one. Yeah, that is a fantastic idea. Um, that can exist in the world. That's what so, I'm saying. Like, it, and, it, maybe, and, it, and look, it, it is a departure from what we understand of the world. Absolutely, but it's but it's already something we know about and have accepted to be so, and it's not. It's important to understand that it. It isn't, and it knows it isn't. You know what I mean? Like it knows that it's not that it's the it is the the entity that sees itself as doing horror horrors for the greater good that no one can know about in order for the greater good to be. I just figured right? something out about about what I need for Canon to work. I just like made a discovery. Discovery, huh? What I need for it to work. <laughs> Star Trek necessarily has to be that any character from any series could conceivably show up on any other series and it would make sense because they are all in the world. They're all in the same world. Like it doesn't make sense if Bart Simpson shows up on Law and Order. That doesn't make sense. That's something that that just that can't be. But it should be that, you know, let's say, you know, we found the lost episode of Star Trek The Next Generation season six that nobody ever saw. And it's an old Emperor Georgiou. Or we eventually find out that she is the the that that she is the descendant of um, of what's her name from enterprise or you or you're on voyager and it makes sense that on voyager you have the ferengi from the next gen or it makes sense on next gen that scotty shows up from the original series it should be because they're in the world that you could conceive of uh, a, a situation where one of them ends up on another one of them even if that never happens you have to feel like oh maybe it could and the problem with the show like the one we're getting is it's both tonally it's going to be visually so different tonally so different and and if they start going for the joke, breaking canon to go for the joke, then it can't exist within Star Trek. 
And I think that's, you know, that's a problem. Now, yeah. maybe they'll pull it off. I, look, the guys who who make Rick and Morty are not dumb. So maybe it is a very serious show. And we're seeing the lower decks because these guys really are, you know, maybe they are going for true situation comedy, like where it's just like it's the office within the lower like if it, if it's if i heard it was a, a a live action comedy like the office with the lower decks of an unimportant starship i could go with that actually i think that works. i could not no it doesn't no it doesn't no it doesn't it doesn't like that's what i'm saying the fact that there's a there's a for want of a better term a gravitas to the to the series to what it's doing, yeah. to what it represents, is why that doesn't work. I'm not saying like, and it's not like people aren't human and funny things don't happen from time to time. And I don't care how unimportant this starship is. They're all everybody cares about their fucking job. It's important what they're doing. I would have loved like when you started saying what you were saying. I got all excited because I thought we were going to get a show like that episode from Next Gen. That was like the lower decks people that we normally don't see. And they're just trying to vie for promotions and to better themselves. And it's a smaller, more personal story. And they're not important in the same way as and in the way that you don't know what's and having that mystery of not knowing what the mission is because you aren't a part of it. Right. You're not following the captain and the first officer and the like, I think that idea is, is extraordinarily compelling. I loved that episode and I would totally watch a series uh, based on some group of, of, you know, lower ranking people on any space, on any of the, any starship like that would be awesome. Just seeing the difference, having that different perspective. But even that episode, like, think about it. It works in the context, they aren't a bunch of fucking goof. Like if these, it's it's like why you can't actually do Archer in Star Trek. Like that's a funny idea, but you can't do it because it doesn't work. Because you're just you're you're fuck you're essentially giving a big finger to what the purpose of Star Trek is, to what it means. And I mean, you're not say, doing that with Section Thirteen. It's dark and it doesn't fit in a utopian society. But that's the point of it. And and it's the fact that they like you don't even hear any hint of them until DS nine. Yeah, I I will. And the fact that that's true is fucking awesome, right? That that's that they have managed to stay hidden, and that and that and the fact that when we find out about them, we're all appalled, as we should be, right? But it doesn't feel like this doesn't make any sense. But if we have a bunch of people fucking off. You know, on the lower decks of some unimportant starship, like that's just gonna make me angry. Like it's gonna, it's I mean, devaluing look, maybe, something it, I find treasured. But that's how we felt about the Orville before it came out, and evidently, I still haven't watched. No. But evidently, it's really, really good. But before it came out, we were. I didn't feel that way about the Orville. I thought the Orville would be great. I think it, I was like, this is a great again because it's not actually Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'll, I'll say this. I, I will give. That's I will my give them, point. Like, if this wasn't, I will give them this pass. Star Trek, I will give them this pass. I'd be all over it. I'd be excited. If offered as all the opportunity to, to make my own Star Trek show, I would turn it down. I think because they're truly within a rock and between a rock and a hard place. They it must necessarily be significantly different 
than the 600 episodes that have come before while also being significantly the same as the 600 episodes that came before while 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 giving the fans a reason to watch it because they want what they used to have but also compelling them to watch it when they have 600 hours of alternative stuff that they could watch if they like it better. It, I understand that it is a, it, you know, I understand the impulse. I really do. I really do understand. Go, well, you know, Star Trek's never done a comedy. Okay. Who's the best Rick and Morty. They make really good quality stuff. People really like their stuff. Let's hand it to, I understand the, the impulse, but I would say that if I, if offered the opportunity to make any Star Trek, like the line you have to walk is so narrow where you go, it just feels like more of the same or it's too far away from what I want. It's so hard to walk that line. And the people have walked it successfully and I'm looking at you, you know, Discovery after like the first two episodes, like, mm-hmm. like the fact that Discovery walks that line so well is a real credit to the effort of the people making it. Yes, the Klingons were too far in one direction. You know, they went too far away from the line, but in general, they've managed to walk the line really, really well. But I, it's a, it's a hard deal, man. When you've had, there's never been anything. Well, like and the Star thing Trek. too is, if I mean, for spoiler, for you know, if Discovery you hadn't seen it, by the end, I guess I'll try not to spoil it too much. But by the end of the of the first season, you truly understand why it was why there was a wrongness happening. Like it was on purpose and it made sense. Do you see what yeah. I mean? That's, I mean, I, I'm okay the, the with. The danger like, where they've gone before, awesome. right? The danger where they went before, specifically with Voyager and with Enterprise, right? Which is they started Voyager and go, this is going to be so different. It's two crews. They're stuck. They're out there in space. How are they going to survive? How are they going to get along? They've never done anything like this in Star Trek. And literally it felt like next gen by halfway through the first season. They said, Enterprise, no, no, no. It's like a submarine. They're wearing jumpsuits and they've got hats and everything looks like buttons now. And it's really like they're they're in a submarine space in space exploring. And by the second season, they had transporters and phasers and photon torpedoes and it was like you could transplant the stories and again it just felt like more more next gen and so taking it too far in one direction has been viewed as a mistake and it's it just it's a hard line to walk and i'm gonna give the show a I, you chance. know what I, really, I disagree and i'll tell you why because sure. if either of those shows realistically had come out now instead of when they came out when we had a bunch of star trek do you think we would felt have felt the same way i don't think they would have made it to a second season Either one of them. Really? I don't think either show would have made it to a second season at this point. I think that we require, you know, and DS9 did it so well. And then Next Gen, you know, was of a different era, so it could survive. But I also think Next Gen just. Oh, you just mean because it was episodic. I'm saying. I'm not just saying because it was episodic. I'm saying that Next Gen managed to, to really. There was a magic in that show, like in the original. And then DS9. It doesn't have the same magic as Next Gen, but it just has so much more effort and ambition than Next Gen had. Where it doesn't, I don't think it captures the same magic that Next Gen had. But I think Voyager and Enterprise, I think the the, the characters on both shows are flat. The stories are not compelling. There's not an emotional. There's there, there's there's not a, a, an emotional reality for the characters. I don't feel like any of the characters have a real interiority. Not and I'm not faulting the actors. I'm just saying that 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 everyone just seems like a trope. Um and I just think at this point we require more from our I mean our, our characters have to be necessarily three dimensional. You're competing with Daredevil now, guys. Like that's what you're that's you're competing for my time with Daredevil. 
and and Daredevil. Yeah. By the way, Daredevil season three is. Oh God, it's so good. It's so good. It's so oh. unbelievably good. Um, like the I best- didn't know if I, I didn't understand the uh, like how much more I could love Vincent D'Onofrio, and because I, I already loved him so much. Um, and and the guy that like I remember, which so interesting to me, and this is just like, it's a it's a phenomenon when you're a woman because like when I, I remember when, the, when that show first started and the guy who's playing is like he's not pretty like your typical Hollywood guy he's not I'm not saying he's ugly but he's not like Brad Pitt you know what I mean yeah he's he's not but like now like by the by the time we're this season Daredevil like every time I'm looking at him I'm like god he is he's so hot <laughs> like like he has just gotten exponentially hotter with every season. <laughs> like, well, you, you know what's really funny? I saw I read a I, I read a you know a non-spoiler for, for Daredevil season three where it says Daredevil Daredevil season three, where good stuff happens to Matt and he's happy. <laughs> Stop it. Um, um here uh so hey um uh, a good transition point uh, to this is what happens when we don't record for a long time. Speaking of Marvel on TV, <laughs> speaking of Marvel on TV, have you heard that they've canceled Iron Fist and Luke Cage? Yep. Both of them gone. Yep. Just gone. Now, Iron Fist, I understand from a creative standpoint, although my understanding is that the second season is a lot better. Now, here's here's why they probably Not canceled what I've seen based <laughs> on the first season of Iron Fist. I didn't watch the second season. The first Marvel thing I haven't watched. Um, there was other stuff to watch and and Iron Fist wasn't worth taking a break from the stuff that I normally watch to watch. It's not that I hated the first season, although I kind of hated the first season. Um, <laughs> but the first season... Like, it, I mean, whenever you see a fight scene in Daredevil, it, that's, what, that's what it is for me. I'm like, Iron Fist, how is it that your fight scenes are not as awesome as this? How is that possible? It should be the How one thing that, that you work do when that's supposed to be your whole thing, really. Like yeah. that's problematic. Yeah, I I think that the show, although I liked, you know, on Luke Cage, I really liked Colleen Wing, and I loved, I I actually like Iron Fist when he interacts with Luke Cage, and, and yes, I, that I that's I, the only time I liked him. And the actor like, was growing Luke on Cage, me a little bit by the end of Defenders, sucks. and and I hear that season two is better than season one. Um, that but wouldn't be I hard would to imagine, do, though, because it was I would so imagine bad. that if if I'm not tuning in, if they can't get me, if they can't get the nerdiest guy in the world to watch season two of Iron Fist, then I got to imagine its numbers are low, right? I just got to imagine, like, 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 let's take away all conversations about quality and just go, okay, you keep a show on the air if it has the viewers. If I'm not watching that show, I got to imagine it's not able to pay for itself and the Marvel license. I, I like I get that, but Luke Cage, you opposed to yeah, them? Yeah, so I thought my understanding was all of all of that stuff is over because it's all going to Disney's new streaming service. It's like um, X Men was at Fox, but Disney owns Fox now. But it's like like Netflix has the license for as long as they keep making the shows. If that makes sense. So as soon as well, no, like, it's not. They don't because they're because my understanding is that. There's gonna be more Daredevil, and there's gonna be more Jessica Jones. Daredevil, Daredevil, not- and Jessica Jones aren't canceled. They're still, as of right now, they're still on Netflix. As of right now, 
Uh, and that, the, um, I guess what I my understanding was, and this is from Mr. A, was that they're filming the last season of Jessica Jones, and that Daredevil is there's the been last no word about that they Daredevil. just wrapped. Is it? And there's I no, be, and, it's, no, and it's not that it's. I was like, well, that sucks. I really like those shows. What all the Marvel shows? Like all of them. He's like, well, they're not really going to be gone. They're going to move, and they're so going to the be on is, Disney so streaming. Here's, here's the rumor. The rumor is that that that's going to be the case. But as of right now, there's been no announcement made on Jessica Jones, The Punisher, or Daredevil. There's no, like, the Defenders, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage are canceled. And I think that opens up the Disney streaming service to use those properties. But the the deal with Netflix, from what I understand, that is that as long as Netflix is making the shows, Netflix can continue making the shows. It's just like Sony with Spider-Man, right? As long as Sony was making Spider-Man movies, Sony has the rights to Spider-Man. The minute Sony stops making Spider-Man movies, then they don't have the rights anymore. So, like, I don't know what they're going to do with those shows. Um, I kind of hope they do go to Disney. I would love to see a Heroes for Hire show. But here's the thing. Disney's not all that. Disney doesn't need to use Luke Cage and Iron Fist anymore. Disney's putting out a um, Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch show and a Loki show um, with the actual characters from the movies on their streaming service. So, like, wow. if the idea is it's all one universe, that was always the idea. It's all one universe. And evidently in the Marvel Netflix shows, the only thing from the Marvel universe that ever happened is the events of Avengers 1 because nothing else has ever happened. Like, there is no, there are no Sokovia Accords in Hell's Kitchen, evidently, for instance. Yeah. So, so if the idea is we're going to bring it all into one, then... Yeah, but really, why do I want to? Why do I want Daredevil to go over there? I want Daredevil, Daredevil to continue first of all because it's amazing. But two, tell me you don't want the Kingpin in like Spider-Man Four. Like he should be. He was a Spider-Man villain as much as a Daredevil villain. How how much do you want Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin in Spider-Man Four? I mean, I just always want him as the Kingpin. He's just so great. Yeah. <laughs> um. So his, yeah. His so that's the deal. There is just um, undeniable. Uh, other Marvel uh, TV news, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not coming back until after after Avengers 4 comes out. And it was only like a 10, 10 episode run. And it was widely thought that, OK, well, they're they're going to knock out the last of their story. And that's the end. Because, again, why would ABC be making Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if this other thing's going to exist on Disney? And why who even needs Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore? And it never did that well. Um, they just announced yesterday that. They season six is the one they're about to make. They've just greenlit season seven for Agents of Shield. Okay, good. So there, there's going to be a season show. six and season seven of Agents of Shield. So like, but that's the thing, right? Going back to you know the things we said about about Ready Player One and about the the cartoon Star Trek. Look at everything we got, man. Look at like I'm still on last season of the DC like the DC uh, CW stuff. Like I'm still watching Arrow and stuff from last season. They're already yeah, starting this season. Yeah, I still season. have to catch up on that as well. Um, and and I've only watched the first two episodes of the new Doctor Who, which we could spend an entire episode talking about, and probably should. Maybe that'll be next episode. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's they're good. They're different. They're very different. Um, there's one thing I there is a, an element that I don't like of them is that they seem to be playing around in human history a lot, um, and not a lot of you know, hey, let's go to the way future and see funky aliens. And you know, I want some of that too. Um, but still, it's good. I enjoy it. They're two it. episodes in. Calm the fuck down. 
I know, but it's you know, the, like, it's, it's like it, you make it sound like they just they're they're just not doing that, and I want to see that. It's like okay, you know what they're not doing here. I'll tell you episodes. what they're not doing. They're not doing the thing that almost made me not watch Doctor Who, which was the oh, it's so it's so fucking corny. This is so corny, and now that I'm so far in, I'm like, where where are my trash cans with plungers? I want to see some trash cans with plungers as the bad guys. <laughs> Like now, I want the corniness. Where are the rubber suits? <laughs> um, so, but it's still good. It's still actually they have an episode about Rosa Parks that's that's brilliant. Um, so like it's there's so much to watch. I'm I'm then, a little. I know we we now have a female Doctor Who for the first time, and I'm scared. So. Yeah, I think she's okay. I think she's she's. It took me a, a minute. It took me a minute, but I was already like, you know, okay, yeah, no, she's the doctor. Yeah, she's still, she's still the doctor. So that part's good. Um, so just, when you, you get to me, stuff obviously. like Ready, when you get to stuff like Ready Player One, you get to stuff like the the Star Trek stuff. Look at everything there is coming out for us, you know. And if I was a sports fan, it's like that too, right? There are channels that play nothing but sports and international sports all day long. People, you know, when I was growing up, there was baseball, football, and basketball. That's it. But now every college game is always available to everybody. And if you become a soccer fan, every international thing and hockey is on all the time. You can watch that. And now they even have channels that play old sporting events. You know, you have like whatever it is that you want, you can find it. So if it's not going to tickle your fancy, it's not like, like, why would you, why would you put up with Ready Player One if it's not what you wanted? Why would we watch the, 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 like the Iron Fists or the or the animated show coming out, if it doesn't tickle our fancy, like literally, I can't get to all yeah, the amazing. Yeah, why would we watch the new Shira cartoon? Like, why? Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe it's good, but we'll never know, right? No, like, I, we'll, I do know because I watched it. All right. Well, I mean, it's I I haven't, and I don't have a I I was never a big He Man Universe fan. Although I say that, and yet the last documentary I watched was about He Man. Uh, <laughs> Um, I which just, was re- I, so I'm it's a mixed bag because there are things I, d- I dug that they did and then they destroy it by teenagerifying it and I am I just I'm I don't understand this consistent need because I don't know about other people, get off my lawn but when we were growing up there was like two kinds of cartoons right there's like the one where you've got a kid doing some stuff sort of like like uh like Winnie the Pooh, right? You got a kid with his, you know, fantasy with his stuffed animals, right? Or you've got a kid like Inspector Gadget where you've got, you know, the girl and she's with Gadget and she's helping him, right? And then you had your cartoons that you watched to with adults <laughs> because that's what you I wanted I never had any cartoons be. that I ever watched with any adults. I just want to say that's not an experience that I had. You didn't watch G.I. Joe. I oh what you mean cartoons with adults in them is that that's what you mean? Yes. I thought you meant cartoons that you were sitting down with adults and watching. No 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 no. I mean okay, with no, adults in them. That's what I'm saying. Like you had the cartoons that had like kids in it, where this is where you see yourself being in a place and whatever. And then you had the cartoons you watched that it was like this is where you had adults and you had fi- this is what you looked up to i want to be this ideal when i grow up this is my role model and that's what i you know i had gi joe i had i had he man i had shira i had x men i had gem like there weren't any kids in those shows like there are there, the the cast wasn't fucking teenagers or children and i hate that they have done that 
that's the like my biggest beef with it because like Shira was a full grown ass fucking adult. Like yeah, she was a young adult, so not like she was fifty, but like she wasn't a fucking teenager with angst and teenager ass bullshit that doesn't fucking matter. Like I I hate that they have done that to it, but there's things that I like that they have done. And I'm like, man, why couldn't they have just made them adults? And this would be awesome. Cause like the first time I saw the animation for glimmer, she's like not skinny. I thought at first I was seeing like a weird shot in the animation until I saw her a bunch and was like, no, she's just not skinny. She's a different body type. That's, that's so cool. And it's not even like a thing we're not talking about it. It's an, and she's not white, you know, like, and, and, and so the diversity and like Bose is also now not white. And, and I'm like, this is cool. Like I, this part I'm digging in the fact that like in the original, I don't know if you remember since Shira was a spinoff of He-Man, like he kind of makes her Shira or helps her find her way to becoming Shira because she's actually uh, working for the bad guys when you meet her. Um, and she doesn't know she is, and so she has to be kind of woken up. And so one of the things I liked in this was she finds the sword on her own and is awakened to the truth by herself. She doesn't have to have a man hold her hand through it. I was like, that's really cool. And then when you get to see her change, she just becomes bulkier and she's like fully clothed. So she's not fighting in heels and a low cut top that somehow stays up like Things, these over-sexualization things aren't there. I'm like, all of these things I'm loving. I'm like, yay, this is so cool. But then you had to ruin it by making them all teenagers. And I mean, I shit you not. Like I was, I was holding on until they had, this is legitimately the name of the episode, the princess prom. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can see. I was just like, please kill me. Kill me. There is an element of, there is an element of get off my lawn, right? Like the, the show is not made for somebody who's 40. No, you know, no, no, not- no, no, no. Why are we teenagifying everything? Why are we saying what young people, what children? Because this is a show for children. It is not a show for a teenager. Do you think? You no, know, it's a show. It's a sh- here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. It's a show for Ugh. 11 year olds. It's a show for 11 year olds. That's the thing. They are trying to keep. And so they need something to look up to. And they should be looking up to the because I have, a, I, I have answers for you. I have answers for you. In that I just a- watched a documentary about He-Man. And He-Man has he-man failed like it failed and they've tried to bring it back a lot and the last iteration of he-man that they tried to bring back was like anime and it looks amazing and he-man looks amazing and the stories look amazing and nobody watched it um and i think that they are just finding that that bringing kids to continue to watch cartoons after the age of eight or so especially when you can watch every cartoon that ever existed same story right same story you can watch every cartoon that ever existed how are you going to get people to watch it how are you going to get people at when they're ready to check out a cartoons anyway to keep watching a cartoon and that's make them see themselves on screen and that's what that's what like uh, kids want to be able to see themselves on screen. I think it's worth noting while you are mentioning He-Man and She-Ra and G.I. Joe and stuff, you know, the entry point to the entry point to uh, Transformers was a teenager with Spike. You had Bionic 6. I remember Jason, the Wheeled Warriors, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. I remember, um, I remember a bunch of shows with teenagers on them. I know. You I'm know, saying you, Power I, Rangers you had two later. kinds of shows. Like I remember there's another show I really loved that had teenagers. Um, I cannot remember what it's called for the life of me. Uh, where they're where the the show starts in the real world, 
and then they go through like a kid mirror, video. and then they're in a cartoon. Kid video. Kid video. Yes, I fucking love Oh my love gosh, kid video. I never thought I'd say those words again. From my radio to my video. I can't believe I'm saying yes, these words. Yes, I fucking loved that show. Yeah, and they had the so live like, action part that wasn't that good, and you just wanted it to get over with so you could get back to your cartoon. <laughs> yes, I liked I the live action part because I liked the idea. But like, yeah. I just... I yes, you had both though, and I'm I'm looking at the cartoons they make now, and I don't see any new cartoons really that come out that are made for kids that have any adults in them, and that to me is problematic because then what are their role models? I think A the, bunch new of Voltron, the new Voltron has some young adults, um, and teenagers, but young adults like college age. Um, <sighs> I'm trying to. I don't watch enough, and you think that I would. My son watches. I, a show I called- watch. I probably watch more cartoons than you, and I don't like the cartoons I really like that are good. Like Castlevania is a great cartoon, but it's absolutely not for children. Well, then there's also there's a show called <laughs> Max Steel that my son likes a lot. There are a lot of shows with kids, so you're right. It's the same formula a lot. It is, but maybe it's that formula because they're finding that that's what kids are watching. Like they're going, or hey, we put maybe this show. They think that's all kids can watch, and they're and they're wrong. Like that's. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe kids can't be because we didn't have the same. We didn't have phones vying for our time as children. We didn't. Here's the other part, though. Hold on. Wait, here's the other part. Kids are absolutely watching the Marvel stuff. The Marvel stuff is absolutely being watched by kids. Like the Marvel movies are like and that's the you know, that that's where, you know, when it comes to action adventure shows, um, you know, that's what the kids are into. I've just had Halloween in my house. Can't tell you how many Marvel characters I saw. Yeah, lots of Marvel. Well, I guess maybe that's what it. Yeah, like if we could do that when we were growing up, we didn't have a lot of. We couldn't live action that very well, so it was cartoons. That's why X Men was a cartoon. It was a great cartoon. I fucking loved the X Men. One of my so that's that that is a great transition point to um to the last part of this episode that we that we kind of got to do. We got to kind of talk about um, to wrap the episode up. Um. (sighs) Oh boy, so. You can hear my thoughts about it. I'm going to let you talk a little bit about, uh, no, about you, your uh, experiences here. No, you here. talk first. I don't think I can handle it. Well, I mean, I, I over on the Totally Super feed, I, I gave like a 20-minute diatribe about about this. But okay, let's not bury the lead. Uh, Stan Lee died this week, last week, this week. It's only been a couple of days. A couple of days of a world without Stan. And... The the bottom line of what I said, and I'll, I'll give a, a quick version for those of you who don't listen totally super of why it affected me. Because this guy was ninety five, right? Like, like it's yeah, like it's not as though the man hasn't lived a full life. <laughs> yeah, when when somebody gets to be ninety five and they die, you're like, well, you know, like you did it. You you got more time than most. And yeah. his last couple years were not awesome from by by all reports. And, and, you know, that's just, unfortunately, you know, I see a lot of people at the end of their lives as part of my job. And, you know, Baronic Ladies has, has a great, a great line, you know, I guess there's no way to go that's fun, right? Like Hmm. everyone goes, I want to go in my sleep, but you know, if you had, then somebody has to find you, you know, then like there's no, there's no happy way. Like the, the, the story ends kind of bad for all of us. Um, and Stan was no exception. Stan had a rough last couple of years, despite all his successes. And the reason I've had a lot of people die who I've cared about. Like I remember Brandon Lee died. I was fascinated by the fact that this guy who I'd watched in, in Showdown Little Tokyo was gone. He was gone so young. How could that happen? That, that affected me. Certainly, I was never like a, uh, was it the lead singer of Soundgarden that died this year? Um, I don't that, know. Like, I don't know like, that like 
I understand people who are sad about that. You hear somebody, they've sung in your voice over and over. Like if the lead singer of Bare Naked Ladies or Eminem or something died, it would really affect me because I've heard this person talk in my head a lot. Or if a podcaster dies, you know, that would really bother me actually because I feel like I know this person. Yeah. The thing about Stan is that I didn't hear him that much. Like, I, you know, but if you were to ask who I am, people go, "Are you, listen, you got to use any word, you know, you're, you're not one of us. It's like people I work with. Hey, what would you say Justin Timpain is? What is he like? And you know, eventually top 10 words will come up. A nerd would be one of them, right? Like definitely. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like nerdy geek, that thing. And up to the age of 10, I was not, I was awkward. I didn't get along. I was nerd in the old sense of the nerd that like, I just didn't know what to do with myself or if I liked anything. I didn't like sports. There was nothing about the world that I really like, like said that I dug. But my favorite cartoon when I was nine was Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And I knew that. And I knew that that started with the voice. Hey, they had true believers. Here's what's going on now. And I know that Spidey was with two X-Men, one that was created for the show and one that was an original X-Men. Um, and I know that they interfaced with the X-Men on that show. And I know that when I was 11 and I was at my absolute nerdiest, we're talking the year that I had no friends, like none at all. I had the neighborhood bullies that I was their toady that they could abuse, but also they'd give me some time because they were the only people that would hang out with me because they happened to be nearby, but they would like, like, you know, make me clean their rooms and, you know, make me sit in a corner while they threw food at me and stuff. Um, and, and, and worse stuff than that, but stuff I don't want to talk about on a podcast. So when I met my, well, at least I wasn't t- tormented. I just hid in my room all my life, but go ahead. Um, I would have <laughs> been better off, sure except worse. <laughs> that one of them was a big fan of, of something called the new mutants. And I was like, what's this? And he was part of the X-Men. Oh, I kind of remember that from Spider-Man. He goes, oh no, 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 hold on. So the one guy, one of the nicer bullies brought me with him to the local comic store. And it was the first time I bought an X-Men comic was X-Men 215. And that was the first time I ever bought a poster and put it in my wall in my room was of Wolverine. And I put the <laughs> comics in their bags. I would take the, because the bags fold over at the top. I would take the folds and put a thumbtack through the fold of the bag. So I could put like comics on my wall, like they were like the wallpaper without damaging the comics themselves. Oh. I, I, the very first time I identified as this is what I am. This is what I like was with the X-Men. And that was the very first time I said, yeah, I'm going to wear this nerdy shirt to school and I know it's nerdy and I know there's a certain segment of the population that's going to look down on me for it. But people will get who I am and what I'm about and some people will will know me for that and I'll make friends that way. And that did eventually happen through X-Men. My, my, my best friend through the first half of my life was was someone that I collected comics with. We talked about comics. We went to comic shops. We made up our own comic, Z-Strike, which is a lot like X-Men. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so cool. The, like like centered around that so stan along with making all the stuff that i liked created the x-men and i was introduced to the x-men by his voice hey true believers here's the x-men on spider-man and his amazing friends and that was the first time and without that there's no trek off guys like there's there's I don't eventually also say, you know, for some people, Star Trek's a show that they watch. And for some people, they're Trekkies like us. And they're, mm-hmm. and you know, they're, you know, some people like Star Wars. I mean, I, I, Star Wars, you know, even Last Jedi, even Solo made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, but most people don't have Star Wars posters in their house. I do. Yeah. Um, 
I went from having this be a thing that I like to I treated it the way some people treat the, the Redskins or something. Like I like mm-hmm. those are the shirts that I wear. Those are the things that I put up. Those are the things that I identified with. And it started with X-Men. It was the first time that I ever outwardly did that with a thing. And Stan Lee created that. Now, there are other reasons that I can talk about later, but that is that is the main reason it hit me so hard was because this guy defined who I was as a person. Wow. And so that's my first and main memory of Stan. How did it hit you? How did you find out? And what was your reaction? Well, sadly, my sister just like, oh, you want to hear some more bad news? And I'm like, no. She's like, well, I'm telling you anyway. And I'm like, why would you just, why would you do that? Like with no like reverence or care of what you're about to just dump on me? Come on. Like- I did not appreciate that. <laughs> I love my sister, and I don't. Maybe she didn't realize how upsetting it would be for me. Um, just because, as you know, I like I said, I don't. I didn't have friends. I watched stuff. That's what I did. And like X Men was one of those shows that I like. I didn't actually ever. I didn't know. I didn't have friends to take me to a comic book shop. Like I think the first time I actually went to a comic book shop was an adult. Like I found, I was like, "Oh, how cool is this? You can like go inside and see comics and stuff." Like I had no idea, really. You know what I mean? Because girls aren't really exposed to that in the same way as, as boys are when we were growing up. Like it might be different now, but it was very much not the case when I was growing up. Um, and I was certainly not a a typical female in many ways. Um, and I loved that show, and what was so great about it was i had these these women these powerful like i storm and rogue are probably like one of the top two most powerful of the of, of the the mutants like they'll fucking fuck your day up well, to There's say no nothing bullshit. of phoenix to say nothing of like right yeah. right and, and once you get to phoenix that's you know a whole other bag of chips but i'm just saying like it what they and they mattered and they had status you know it wasn't just about them being powerful or able to fight they had like like storm in particular she was always one of my favorites because she had so much wisdom she always just seemed so smart you know what i mean and that was valued and she was like in command a lot of the time like she was usually it was like her and cyclops and cyclops was so you know he was just vanilla for me like, I never really cared for Cyclops. Like, I didn't hate him or anything, but he was just, he wasn't as interesting as Wolverine because Wolverine was like, you know, the reluctant hero type, which is always more interesting than, you know, Mr. Always Good all the time, right? Um, and so I'm used, to, and I was used to seeing that. I mean, I'd seen Superman. I'd see, you know, there's a lot of men out there. There was a lot of male superheroes. And, and, and when you got female superheroes, like She-Ra is a good example. Like, you had a man first. You know, and once she would say her thing, it was like he was, he would say, I have the power when he was done. And she would say, I am She-Ra. And his, her, she would say, for the honor of Grayskull. And in rewatching like the She-Ra cartoons, like the originals, because like that's what I wound up doing when I got to Princess Prom and I was like, I can't do this anymore. They still have the original She-Ra on here. And I was like, thank, thank God they do. Um, 
she is more powerful than He-Man on so many levels. Like, her sword can change into anything. A shield, a parachute, a rope, a grappling line, whatever the fuck she wants. A freezing laser. I shoot although, you not. Although that's, that's gonna, can... that, what's going to piss you off is that the reason they did that is because the people making the TV show said that they thought it would be psychologically har- harmful for girls to watch her swing that sword and do anything with it. Are you kidding me? Yep. So she did so things she with could... it. She fucking, she destroyed things with the sword all the time. What are you talking about? But not people. She wouldn't fight people. She would her when she, the only time she would strike people is if she did some kind of some kind of like gymnastic move into them. But they didn't want her hitting or or slashing with her sword uh, because they felt that that would that's not the what you want to show wow. a girl doing. Yeah, that fucking sucks. Thank you for that. Thanks, because I needed that. But the documentary. By the way, a side note: we're getting off of Stan Lee, but this, the doc, the documentary is really it's a fascinating story. What they had to go through to create a quality cartoon when everybody was telling them not to. It's a really like the fact that these cartoons as good as they are is a deliberate subversion by the people who are like we're trying our best to make something and everybody's telling us to make something else. So it's a wonderful documentary. I think it's called like The Power of Grayskull. That's worth. Anyway, go on, Stan Lee. Anyway. So, but again, she was born out of a a dude, right? And this was a a scenario where they were in every way equal and in every way just as powerful across the spectrum, respected, you know, there was none of this. We never had like, oh no, Rogue is missing. Like we're going to have to save her because she's a damsel. Like we would save her because she's one of us. Just like if Wolverine went missing, we'd save Wolverine because he's one of us or Cyclops, anyone like they were just the same, just as powerful, just as respected, just as much, just as integral a part of the team. And it, it didn't matter that they were a girl. And it wasn't always about, you know, so often like G.I. Joe, you had a little bit of this with, with, um, with Jane, but even then, it wasn't quite the same. There was something about the about and, and about that otherness that I felt too, right? Like you did. Like I'm not like the other people. Well, that's These that's what that that's what have friends and they're happy and 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 I know now, like in retrospect, that you know he's talking about racism and like really powerful, important shit that is transcendent. But what is so great is that for a young person like myself, it was just something that I could look to and and see a place where I could belong at, just as I am. You know, like like I was always big as a girl. And and I was always mm, outspoken. <laughs> uh, you not know. really you clearly not know. Uh, but it was a place where that was okay. It was good. There wasn't to be feared. It was like you want you want her on your team, you know, and I I loved that. It was it, it represented such an ideal in the same way that Star Trek did, but it was much more powerful because like I didn't understand the stuff that I see now that's so totally sexist about like the original series didn't str- didn't stand out to me when I was a child, um, but like. Even Storm, like, it's not like she's, I know a lot of times their outfits are, like, kind of painted on because it's easier to draw that but way. so are the men's, too, let's be honest. It's like, Yeah, it's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's e- That's what I mean. It was like, even Steven the, across the, the board, and we're not, and and the women are just a part of the, the resistance and, and, and helping in the X-Men as anything else. Like, they're, 
again, like, like the, like, not like the problem with like Voyager where you've got their, you know, they're talking about having babies and, you know, uh, having, ta- I don't know. I'm trying to think of a time where there was ever a scene in the X-Men cartoons where Storm and Rogue were just off mooning about boys. Like that shit didn't happen. And or if it, it did happen, was- if it did happen, it would be a specific issue about like, here's the girls night out, girls being tee hee hee girls, because girls like to do that sometimes. But when it was over, it was time to get down to business too. Like that's the thing. Is it and and the boys would do the same. Like the boys would, you know, absolutely be, you know, go off and 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 you know, be like rah 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 boys. Um, but at the but at the end of the day, there was, you know, there was nothing that made you weaker by doing any of those things. Sure, people fell in love and pined over other people, but it was But it was both. I mean, you had fucking I mean, honestly, the, the biggest that I recall, the the most the there's two relationships that I recall from X-Men strongly. And it was Wolverine's unrequited thing with Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. And the the rogue and um uh, yeah, but that was that was much later yeah, on. Yeah, that's for me. It was Kitty and Colossus were were my go to. Oh um, uh, well, they weren't in the cartoon, so I only yeah. watched the the cartoon, so I didn't read the comics, so yeah. I don't have that. Stan in became my brain. something later. Stan became something later. You know, it's we we can't undersell the importance of his cameos. And people go, oh, oh god, no! Like um, I, I'm trying, I'm trying. What did I just? What did I watch? Very uh, gifted. I I I'm not caught up, but I because I was back on Hulu and and I I started watching Gifted, um, and I didn't expect to necessarily see him, and I did like he came out of a bar or whatever in one of the episodes. I was like ah, you go crazy, right? Yeah, it gives you it's this little like this little like it's like finding twinkle Waldo, of joy. Like, and the thing the reason it gave you joy was because you knew that he was super happy to be doing them. Yeah, like he was just. Like every time he's on there, he's just like, crap, I get to do this. This is what I get to do. Look what I made. Look how big what I made is. And I'm the man of honor. Every, every time they're filming his cameo, he's the man of honor. You know, on that shoot day, he's the man of honor. Are you kidding? You know? Could you imagine and, being on set that day? Wouldn't it be the shit? And he knows like, that. And he's feeling that. And you can see the unbridled joy in him when he's doing the cameos. And so, and, but even sudden, still, there's like there's always a humbleness about him. Like he, I think he recognize it's the same thing you get like from like the Star Trek, the big Star Trek guys, you know, and, and girls. I say guys, but I mean everyone. You know what I mean when they talk about the the profound impact that their work has had on someone's life, not just that they watched something and it was really good. There's a very distinct difference. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are many things that I've watched like, oh, that was so good. I found that really enjoyable. And I, I liked the dialogue. It was so witty and fast paced. And I liked the way it was filmed and shot and blah, blah, blah. But then you'll have things like like X-Men and and and, and Star Trek and things like that where they'll, they will speak to you. They will say something to you as a person that will matter to your life. And that doesn't happen all the time. That's huge, and we're talking Unless about you're Stan Lee, and you create who thing created after thing after thing after so thing much that of does that. matter. So here's where he added to the lexicon: Captain Kirk is Captain Kirk all the time, and Superman is Superman all the time, and Batman is Batman. Even when he looks like Bruce Wayne, 
He's still Batman. He's Batman all the time. Wonder Woman never stops being Wonder Woman. But Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Even when he's swinging around as Spider-Man, he's worried about the girl. He's worried about the grades. He's worrying about the rent. He's worrying about even when he's swinging around as Spider-Man. Spider-Man is his job, but who he really is is Peter Parker. Tony Stark is an alcoholic asshole. Um, uh, Thor, yeah. it, Thor is is an egotistical dick that needs to be brought down. You know, that needs to be brought down. The only person who's like Superman in all of Marvel is Captain America, and of course, Stanley didn't create Captain America. Stanley participated in the early writing of Captain America before there was Marvel, from what I understand. And Steve Steve Ditko, who was Captain America's co-creator, was also a partner of of Stan's. But Stan was not involved in his creation, and even so, Captain America was then used as the benchmark by which everybody could push off. So Captain America is kind of the one who doesn't count in all of this. But everyone else was was a his idea was just like, well, I make a superhero who has problems. A superhero who, like being a superhero is a giant inconvenience, but they do it because they need to. And that's even more heroic because, you know, yes. Bat- Batman is like, oh, my, you know, my parents died when I was 11. I'm going to go be a bat. You know, like it's. There's yeah, not that's much what I mean. Like, like, like X Men is. Such, that's why I'm saying that. Like, that's why Wolverine was so much more compelling of a character than. Like, that's a really good way of. Like, I always saw um, Cyclops as that. Like, because he always occurred kind of like Superman ish. Like he was not in the com- you know, no, in the Captain comics, America ish. In, in the comics, he's so. In the comics, he's so tortured, and he's so. Really? Oh, he is. He's he's the most neurotic guy in in all of Marvel. He's so oh, interesting. Neurotic. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that in the cartoon. So yeah. I always felt like he was just sort of there to, to be the thing that you know everybody else pushed out. Like, like, like poor Rogue, just tortured. Yeah. Like I just, I remember that was one of those things that. Well, like, because she has Captain Marvel's power. She, she killed Carol Danvers from that upcoming Captain Marvel movie. I know. She got her powers. Like and then when I saw, I remember, I remember when I saw that episode that it was how how impactful it was. What I mean, like here, like did you this did you I'm recognize about, like, when you saw the trailer for Captain Marvel that that's the one that Rogue kills to get her powers? Yeah, I never watched Rogue's, the trailer, but I know that's Rogue, who she got her powers from. Rogue's personality was originally very much like the Rogue in the X Men movies until she, like the part of Rogue that makes Rogue the Rogue we all know is Carol Danvers, and in the comics. There were times where Carol Danvers, you know how they had the thought bubbles? Carol Danvers' thoughts would be in bold and rogues would not be in bold and they would have conversations. How interesting. It was so cool. They really I mean, dropped I guess it after what's, a while, but it was so I mean, nice. I don't know if like, I not like I said, my experience having only been the cartoon, it was still super impactful for me because again, you have women sort of in this box and here is this tortured woman who has done some like who first it was I just res- I, I just responded because I rem- I was very shut off as a young person. Right. Because like, I didn't have friends. And so I was like, here she is, though. Like she literally can't touch anyone like the the isolation that must come with that. I felt like I could relate to in some way. Obviously not. You know, you're a kid. Everything's. Oh my god, it's so much worse, right? So I was like, I know just what that's like, but you know what I mean. But I could, I could connect with that, and she, but she was still powerful, and she was doing something good that mattered nonetheless. But she wasn't perfect. She wasn't always right. Like she fucked up a lot. And then when I saw that storyline, and found out 
how she kind of became rogue because I always thought it was so interesting how powerful she was because not only did she have like the ability to fly and this like super strength, but she could steal people's powers for a time. And I was like, how intriguing. Like she's like the most powerful X-Man man. She's the best. And then when I saw that storyline for the first time and realized the like the pain, the anguish and the mental torture of that, it was just like, Oh my God. Cause I just, I was, I felt very, you know, tortured as a young person. I felt very alone and, you know, in my own head about stuff and depressed. And, and it was just like, I could really relate to that. And I could really relate to the fact that she kept going though. You know what I mean? It was like, you could see this thing and be like, have the strength. And the president was like, well, if she could still do something good. If she could still ha- make lemonade out of those lemons, <laughs> like what the fuck am I whining about? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just yeah. sort of, that the way that everybody that he created were just people. I loved that. And the, and the way that he depicted people like b- on both sides, because you, I could totally understand the side of the, the bad guys as well. Oh yeah. You well, know what I mean? The bad guys, the bad guys were also, also had a point of view. I mean, I think they did, and it was the, valid. It made sense. Yeah. I think that's the, that that's the thing that he, again, once not when you first created Magneto, but Magneto now you you always know that he's Eric Lencher under there. Like you understand yeah. who the guy in the helmet is, and I think yep. that's what you had in you know what Marvel lent to all of us was that they were that they were people that we would be interested in knowing, and that's why I think the Marvel movies are as good as they are. I think the Marvel movies are as good as they are because you want to know, you know, you like. It's why Robert Downey Jr. is so important to Iron Man. It's not the Iron Man's Iron Man. It's that he's, you know, he's no, Tony, it's Stark. Tony Stark. And it's definitely I think- that he's Tony Stark. You know what I mean? And the fact that so often he's powered by his own fucking, just his own ego and shit. And then when he gets knocked out and realizes the, the severity and the importance of shit, and it's like, dude, get over yourself. Yeah. And do what needs to be done. And when it's, he does that, it's so it's so much more powerful because he's flawed. Well, and I think that's, that's what, what makes you, it great. I think that's what what you end up with 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 Stan. Why it it hurt me so much that he that he died, um, because he loved being Stanley. He really did. He wasn't always the Stanley we know. It was more of a, that's more of a like last 15, 20 years thing. But when he finally figured out, oh, this is what Stanley is, he loved it. He loved being, hey there, Trouble. He loved it. Hey there, Spider Friends. He loved it. He loved what he had created. He read so often you see people like, you know, Shatner who's like, yeah, I want to show I did once, you know. Like, like Stanley. Yeah, loved. when they when they get the gravity of what they've created and they and they love that and they embrace it and they're humbled by it and it, and it yeah it matters. That's the thing because it's a I I hope I feel like just as much as he mattered to our lives, his creations and what he brought into our world matters to us. That it affected so many people mattered to him. Yeah, that um, matters. Because I'm going to keep I, saying the word matters, but <laughs> you know what I mean. I think we're going to end the show um, by saying that, you know, there's not a one of us, I would think, who's listening to this show. There's not a one of us who's listening to a show called Trek Off that hasn't felt the impact of Stanley in our lives. Whether or not we are a fan of the stuff that he made, you know, the fact that that the X-Men movies are as big as they are now um, 
that is a that is a a testimony to or a test a testimony to how being a nerd has become normalized now. It's oh, okay definitely. to be one of us. And we it was are, like one of the first successful ones too. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man like, was I mean, outside of Sp- Superman was a successful, you know, Superman, Superman and Batman happened, but they were but they were the, you know, not the not the norm. But now yeah, we've got this. Yeah, they were the exception, look, not the rule. Look what we got here. Look at what we got here. Like like a world where where if it's Marvel, it's the biggest thing in the world. Marvel's bigger than Star Wars now, guys. Bigger than Star Trek, but bigger than anything. Marvel is the is everything right now. And the reason that it is as successful as it is, is because of the humanity of the characters. And the reason that we get Star Trek back, the reason that being a you know, nerd is now nerd is now a selling point. You can have all these things. We This, this has been the most chock full episode of Star Trek, of uh, Trek Off that we've ever done. We've never done an episode of Trek Off that's been this, like, we're going to hit everything. Everything we talked about is cool again and exists again because Stan Lee made it possible. So I am I am eternally you know, Godspeed Stan. Uh you 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 gave us a lot. You gave us a lot and I am I am grateful to that. And I'll let you I'll, I'll let you wrap it up. What what are your final thoughts on Stan? Oh, I just well you said it. <laughs> I don't know how I could possibly I said I'm just I'm eternally grateful for the gift that he's given us and that I think hopefully we'll continue to, to see the, that'll keep giving that will persist that someone, you know, that will help persist even now that the beautiful brain that it came from is gone. Yeah. I mean, look, Stanley, Stanley died way before us and it's going to outlive every one of us. And that's just, you know, that's just the truth. Uh, he's going to be here. He's going to be around uh, years after people have forgotten what we have done. So um, so I'm glad to have benefited from his creation. And with that, uh, thank you for rejoining us for uh, for Trek Off. We really are going to try and do it more on the regs. Uh, we talked about that right before the show. You're going to see more of us. But for now, my name is Justin. <laughs> my name's Alexia. Trek Off! Trek Off, bitches! Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.